0: Breathe for just a minute. Think about where you are and where you're not. Right now you're thousands of feet in the air. You take a glance out of your window. You're surrounded by miles of impenetrable white clouds, pockets of blue sky in the midst of billowing clean smoke. These white clouds that you see seem so soft, you sit in wonder after your ascent. After leaving the quilt of farmland and the busyness of the city skyline to enter the gates of heaven, and the miles of white clouds seem to talk with you, they're curious, they're playful, they want to know you and ask you something, a question that only you hold the answer to. You prepare yourself as much as you can as your mouth trembles. You're about to utter the words into oblivion as the clouds ask you the impossible question. What's the deal with airline food? On today's episode, we're tackling the topic of being a lad with lovely long lashes and how becoming Batman is my backup plan in life. Topic 1. Lads with lovely long lashes. For as long as I can remember, I've been the reluctant proprietor of a pair of lovely long lashes. I possess stunning dark and thick eyelashes that make baristas blush and bus drivers stutter while explaining the cutoff age for child fare. Even though God has blessed me with these silky and enigmatic eye curtains, I'm not so sure about how to best use them for good, like a young member of the X-Men trying to harness his blossoming mutant abilities in a world that could never truly understand people like him. At the age I am now, these lashes prove to be more of an asset in life. I can protect my eyes from sand while in the desert. I can save 100% of the money I would have already spent on mascara, and I can win literally any argument I have by putting my finger against my pouted lips and winking provocatively, rendering my opponent speechless amidst a wave of inexplicable desire. However, it wasn't so fun having this gift in secondary school, you see. Being a sensitive male teenager in an overtly lad-centric school had its own unique challenges, even without the addition of my sultry Marilyn Monroe eyelashes. My meek nature and lack of physical prowess meant that I was unable to join the ranks of the physically fit fellows adored by the parish, and my clean fingernails and respect for women meant that I wasn't accepted into the JavaScript body pillow community either. I was a social stray, a dejected freak on the margins of the cultural strata of my community college. On top of all my worries, I was profoundly aware of the effect I had on my peers. I could tell that my eyelashes and curvy physique confused my tormentors a great deal as it became more clear to me every day that all my bullies secretly had feelings for me as this quietly spoken soft pink feminine boy with lovely lashes. I could see their incredulous expressions as they observed my supple meaty bod and Maybelline adjacent shadowy eyes in the changing room before P.E. I began to empathise with them. I understood that all the wet willies I received and all the name-calling came from a deep-rooted place of bewilderment from the boys who secretly saw me as their prized hen, their girl next door, and secret crush. This was until third year, when I started to grow sheets of wiry dark hair all over my arms, as well as an unfortunate Mr. Miyagi moustache, both of which broke the illusion and led me to being bullied without the buffer of perplexing attraction. But now the question stands. How do I fare as a man in his twenties with these bad girl tiger stripes cascading over my ice blue eyes? Well, for one, I use my gift to my advantage in a variety of situations. It's especially useful for winning arguments with my girlfriend. If there's ever trouble in paradise, on rare occasions I will resort to batting my Minnie Mouse lashes at her suggestively, a motion that typically results in her completely recanting her stance as she slips further into a state of awe and want.
1: Hey Daniel, can I talk to you about something? Always. I didn't really feel seen when you went number two on the bus yesterday, especially after I told you to stop.
0: Totally. Totally.
1: And it wasn't okay for you to blame the smell on the man sitting next to you. He was homeless. Like, that really wasn't cool. When you gotta go, you gotta go. I told you we could have gotten off, but you didn't want to get your hair wet, and you... Why are you blinking at me like that? Like what? I... 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 Hey, forget what I was saying. I take it all back. You sure? Yeah, completely. Come on and let me buy you a little treat and a cute new outfit. Yes. Wahoo!
0: Topic two, Irish Batman. Does anyone else have a backup plan in life? Do you ever rely on a fantasy that you know full well isn't feasible, yet you keep it perpetually at bay in case everything in your life falls apart and you're left with no other option? Well for me that backup plan is becoming Batman, and to be honest, I don't really need any smart asses saying it's not possible. For one, if somebody was actually able to pull off being Batman, the majority of the groundwork would have already been done, because everyone knows who he is. In the movies and comic books, Batman has to reveal himself slowly through the shadows, Becoming an urban myth that preys on the criminal underworld until the day he finally gets recognition and works contentiously with the police department to keep mentally ill people in straitjackets. But if I became Batman today, I wouldn't have to do any of that. I can get a costume from any party shop and literally just become Batman knowing that virtually everyone in the world knows who he is and what he's all about. I'm not ignorant about my setting either. I realise that the reality of the Cape Crusader in an Irish context would differ greatly from the fictional city of Gotham. For example, my rogues gallery might look quite different. I'd probably be tackling criminals like the Micktaker, a madman that after escaping from Mountjoy Asylum, attempts to publicly urinate in as many places as possible and rob bicycle wheels. He would be such an easy arch nemesis for me to take down, as he's most likely just a scared and thin old man nursing a bottle of full fat coke wearing an old regatta raincoat. I would absolutely body this guy mid-piss and then disappear into the night like vapour. Sometimes, when fantasizing about this, I go into my mind palace, and wonder about what this reality would actually be
1: like. Bat Dad's Journal, Monday the 4th of October. This city is eating itself. I see the symptoms of an untreatable illness infecting the masses. All I can do now is hold on to the hope that what I do here is the cure. Also, there is like zero crack in town these days, and all my mates are too dry to go out for a few hynamites. This is all the Taker's fault. It's been three long weeks spent trying to capture him. He's usually easy to find because of his bright green hair and colorful mid-century clothing, but as a result, he's been nearly impossible to locate during Pride.
2: Looking for someone, Bat-Dan?
1: <laughs> the Taker, where did you- I knew you'd be waiting for me
2: outside of Daybreak. You have quite the proclivity for a breakfast roll. You're going to pay for what you did to that out-of-service phone booth, McTaker. Come on, when you gotta go, you gotta go. (laughs) You're going down, creep. Uh -uh, Not so fast, Dark Knight. You see, right now, as we're having this stimulating conversation, a group of American tourists are lost without directions to Connolly Station. If you don't tell them where it is in the next ten minutes, they'll miss the train and make the station cleaner's life a living hell by asking him a million questions when English isn't his first language.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, they're going to wreck his head and ask for a refund as if that's even possible for him to take care of in any way.
2: Tick-tock, Bat-Dan. The decision is yours.
1: Damn you, Taker! Bat-Dan's Journal. Thursday, the 7th of October. Still no sign of the mictaker. However, I was able to capture two other foes, Dr. Baltic and Amberleaf. Dr. Baltic thought he could take me down by making it nippier than usual, but I wore my proper big jacket from Duns and kept the immersion on for a bit longer. As for Amberleaf, she thought she could seduce me with her charms, but neither of us had a lighter, and I'm on the elf bars now anyway. The bonbon flavor is my new hyperfixation. Side note, I'm pretty sure I have undiagnosed ADHD, Anyway, the two of them are locked up for the moment, but I won't sleep until the taker is behind bars. I have to go now and report all of this to Commissioner Jordan.
0: Ah, uh, thanks very much, Bat-Dan. We really appreciate the help, but in fairness to these two, the fella was just trying to scrape the ice off his car, and your one was just asking you for a moke.
1: I never have time for a moke, Jordan. Not when this city is at stake. Besides, why am I even listening to a frigid give me advice? You haven't even been to Wes, and you still drive to work with your ma in her L-plate car.
0: That's hardly called for, Bat-Dan. Why do you do this? Who made you so
1: angry? It started with my parents. Oh, I'm sorry. Did they pass away? My parents told me I couldn't do anything with my arts degree in post-rational gender existential theory. I studied in NCAD. My dad called it the National College of Colouring and Drawing. It really hurt my feelings. Also, none of my mates came to the DJ set that I did in Workman's. They said they were all busy doing 9 to 5s, but it was a bank holiday, and the tickets were literally free at the door. I've been punishing scum ever since. Besides, Jordan, Dublin is no crack today. People are so dry, and no one wants to go out for a few Heinemites on a Friday night. Dublin needs to change.
2: You know, you're starting to sound a lot like the mick-taker. Hello, Bat-Dan. The mick-taker? What have you done? You see, Bat-Dan, taking the mick is like defying gravity. All you need is a little push. I'm an agent of chaos, and I'll watch this city. We're not so different, you and I.
1: (laughs) Batdance Journal, Saturday the 8th. The mick taker has been successfully put behind bars, and for now, Dublin can breathe easy. But just like Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick, I can't stop the feeling that something terrible is just waiting to happen. Eh, hello? Commissioner Jordan, you startled me. I was just scrolling on reels there, and you're after frightening the bleeding life out of me.
0: Sorry for that. But, yeah, no, like, just wanted to say that the streets are clean, crime is at an all-time low, and this is a dream, wake up, this is a dream, wake up, this is a dream, wake up, this is a dream, wake up. Guys, as always, thank you so much for your continued listenership. Your consent to allow my ramblings space in your tight little ears really fills me with a deep level of satisfaction that I can't express fully in words. Until we meet again, hopefully in less time than three months, this has been The Deal With Airline Food, and you have been stunning.